Before we get this episode started, I want to give a special shout out to Samuel Shelke. Thank you for your extra support. It is greatly appreciated. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. All right, I have a guest that I want to share his story. I think it's really critical that we hear what's going on with this man. This man has been in the Navy for 21 years and 8 months. He's given so much, he sacrificed so much, and the Navy doesn't care. And why do I say the Navy doesn't care? Because of what they've done to him so far. Not paying him. Make it incredibly difficult to get his VA benefits. And he's going to explain all of that and why that's going on. But this is Ryan Horiu. And he was initially enlisted in the, in the Navy, where he made it all the way to the rank of E8, which is it's a pretty big accomplishment. And then later, he, in 2016, he became commissioned as a warrant officer. Now, Ryan, thanks for coming on with us today, this morning. And, and please share your story and tell us what's going on and why all these bad things are happening to you. What, is there one reason or is there a lot of reasons? Or, you know, clearly you're, you're not a dirtbag if you made it all the way to Eat 8 and CW and you you've achieved uh, Chief Warrant Officer 3 prior to, to getting out. Retirement really is what it should be. It should be retirement uh, because people always say, oh, well, you know, they want to say, well, you know, who is this guy? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Well, by the rank that you have achieved, I can definitively say you're a good guy. You're not a dirtbag who's trying to shirk his duties and those kinds of things. So, so kind of ex- explain and, and tell everyone your story. Uh, okay. So uh, I believe that the reason I'm being treated the way that I, I have been for the last uh, four or five months is uh, because I refused the COVID vaccine. Uh, I was over 20 years when the NAV admin came out and gave me the option to uh, resign my commission and retire. And, uh, and I chose to do that because I, I just... I couldn't go to work every day not knowing whether they were going to let me on base, not knowing whether they were going to let me on the ship, and it just it, it was it was driving me insane. It was uh, causing you know conflicts at home, uh, and obviously at work. Uh, so I I chose to uh, resign my commission and uh, reenlist as a senior chief and retire. And now, I was I make- retired on May 1st of this year, and one- I still haven't received uh, retirement pay. Uh, when I contact DFAS, when I contact MPC, they tell me now that I was never even active duty and that I'm not entitled to a retirement paycheck until I turn 65. That's wild. Now, now you said that you, you voluntarily, and I, I would caution you using those words because... If you had this to do this on your own with no outside pressure, would you have done that reduction in, you know, giving up your commission? No. Yeah. So I would um, make it clear to people that, yeah, they they told you to do it voluntarily, but they told you to do it and they coerced you and they were going to take you to some some board. Is that correct? Or some sort of. um, Yeah. 
Yeah, so when the, when the Nav Admin came out, uh, I mean, I read it, you know, 5,000 times, and, and I basically had three choices. I could, uh, I could stay in and retire on June 1st of 2022 as a CWO3, but I would have to waive my rights to a board of inquiry and, uh, and, and be retired on June 1st, or they could have reduced me in rank to CWO2, retired me on June 1st, and I would have received uh, W2 retirement, or uh, I, I could resign my commission, re-enlist as my highest enlisted pay grade, and retire and retain my rights to a board of inquiry when that's that's the path I chose to do is to to save my rights which is an important thing to do and I and I encourage anyone out there who's facing a similar circumstance maintain your rights because I've spoken with uh with Doe from Doe versus Rumsfeld so this was back in 2005 2006 when they had the anthrax issue and the service members at that time that voluntarily separated and did not retain that right for the board of inquiry they had no legal recourse at all whatsoever and it's it's a shame it's it's a crime um in not not a legal crime but it's it, it's wrong it's very wrong to take that away from someone and not tell them that's what what's happening so i'm very happy that you've retained that right because then you can go back at some point in the future and say look i was wrong was done to me we need to fix this and make it right but even that shouldn't be you were at 21 years and eight months they should have let you retire whenever you felt like it was the right time to retire when the navy thought it was the right time without any undue pressure without changing your rank without you know anything of that nature now they they pressured you like this because um were you so if you go from enlisted to officer if i'm not mistaken you have to be at a rank for a specific amount of time it might be six years yeah, so once you get commissioned as a warrant officer in the Navy, uh, you have to do six years. And and what that means is you have to do six years to be able to retire at that um, commissioned officer rank. Otherwise, they Correct. they may give you your three highest years of pay, which might be CW03 pay. But the only thing you can say on on your, you know on your you know placard for business or your little business card or whatever you're going to be doing in the future you can't say retired cw3 you can only say retired Correct. e8 because that was the highest rank yeah, that you were. I, the id card that i have currently says uh retired e8 right even though that's not the highest rank that you um achieved that is what their the, the laws that they have the way they've structured them have done this to where it, it puts you at a disadvantage Correct. Now, kind of give us an idea of what what other things have been happening. So, because um, I know we had talked previously, and you told me about the VA benefits, and that was that was a nightmare to get those B VA benefits going. That was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I would say a week after I was retired. Um, you know, I had a family member who had a medical appointment, and uh, the next day we had an email that said I no longer had health care, and that that medical appointment wasn't covered, and that I had to pay for it. And I, I it, it took about a month and a half or two months uh, working with Tricare 
to finally re-enroll my family to get the medical benefits that you know were supposed to be afforded after 20 years. Uh, I had to fight to get those back. Um, the actual VA appointments, um, there wasn't a, an office in San Diego that wouldn't even talk to me. I mean, I would go and there's signs on the doors that says, you know, if you're unvaccinated, you know, don't enter. And I called a couple different VA, uh, they're called VSOs, uh, veteran service officials, I think they are. Uh, I'd call them and they wouldn't talk to me over the phone because I was unvaccinated. Uh, wow. I got, I got very lucky. Uh, I took my daughters to the desert to go camping one weekend and just happened to meet a guy in the desert who worked for the VA. I explained to him what was going on and how I was being treated. And you know, he said, you know, hey, I, I myself am a retired senior chief and we've heard about this happening to people, but we haven't met anybody that it's happening to. And I just, I, I raised my hand and I was like, well, I'm right here, man. Like it's happening to me. And uh, that guy, like, no shit, put his name on the line, told me he would call me first thing on Tuesday morning, and he did. And with his help, I mean, I finally got the VA to process my paperwork and give me a, a disability rating and, and just finished that like, three weeks ago. Wow. And that... That was clearly, I don't know if you're a man of faith, but that was a divine appointment that you happened to be on that camping trip at that time. At the same time, this man who was, had the capacity I, to be able I to I believe be. so, yeah. And I believe you know, so, those, yeah. Those miracles like that have been happening all the time. I've seen them all over. The people I've been able to meet, I mean, even speaking with you, it's to be able to hear you know, your story. Um, these have, miracles have been happening all over the place. Now, it took yeah, a really long 100%. time. And, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And you also have some family members that have, and we don't need to go into specifics of who or what medical issues, but you, if I'm not mistaken, you have some family members that have some significant medical issues that need continued coverage through this entire time, no matter what, right? Correct? Oh, I, I do, yeah. My, uh, uh, my daughter has a... Uh, when she was born, she was uh, enrolled in the Exceptional Family Member Program. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, and then for to the find out that I was... Yeah. To find out that they took her, her medical away... Uh, yeah, that, that hurt. Well, and so, so for the listener, the Exceptional Medical... Um, family member program it's it's for family members who have specific medical needs that that are identified so that they don't try and um station uh, ryan at a place where they cannot take care of the family member you know for some people it's not a severe illness for some people it can be very very severe and so it, what it it comes out of a heart of compassion trying to say oh well we don't want to put you in a place like Fairbanks, Alaska, where we can't take care of you if you have, let's say, a pediatric heart issue or a pediatric gastric issue, because I've seen that when I was in Alaska, or um, just, you know, you need an immunologist and you want to go to Alaska. Well, that's not a great idea because there's no immunologist there. And that that's my army experience. And it's similar across all branches. But what that means is they've already identified his family member as having a particular issue. 
and this particular issue um, needs routine follow-up. And they took that away. Yeah, my, my, my oldest daughter is 17, and uh, she's had three open-heart surgeries. Wow. And, uh, you know, she's doing good now, but th there's a lot there. And, yeah. you know, and I never had a problem going to work early. I never had a problem staying late. I never had a problem going underway because what the Navy provided, you know, the medical they provided for my family, for my daughter, I never minded going to work. I mean, in the civilian side, I don't think I could have ever covered those costs. So, I, I, I mean, I worked my ass off for, you know, not not just her, but definitely that was, you know, a motivator. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I want to also explain to the listener is that when you're in the military, getting your medical benefits is not some in it's not like, you know, just something that you get because you get. It's actually that's part of the reason why you join because it's it's part of your reimbursement, right? We give, we sacrifice our blood, sweat, tears. We get money, yeah, that's part of it. We get days off, that's part of it. But we also get health care, that is pretty amazing. Because when my son was born, Tricare covered a thirty-six thousand dollar helicopter ride when he was less than twelve hours old. That would have, I mean, that would have financially bankrupt us and they completely covered every penny we didn't pay a thing that's not to include the three days in in the NICU that he spent you know uh, and he's perfectly fine now he's just gave us a big scare that's kind of how he runs um, but he's that would have had destroyed us financially had we had to cover that but you know I I just like Ryan did here we, we signed that that dotted line and we we gave so much that we could even potentially be asked to risk our life. And for the American people to stand by and hear this, and, and the reason I want you on here, Ryan, is so that the American people can hear what you're saying so they know the injustice that's happening and how you're, you're being taken advantage of. This is, it's almost as if this is being used as a weapon against you. I don't have evidence that it is. But just the way yeah, this I, is I, I, don't, out, I don't either. It I don't seems either, like it's being I mean, used against like, you. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I've, I've contacted my congressman. I mean, I've contacted lawyers. Uh, I've contacted DFAS. I've contacted NPC. I've contacted uh, my Navy Career Center. And so what, what, is, what is going on here? Like, what is happening? And every time I talk to them, it's either, oh, the DD Form 2656 wasn't filled out correctly by a command. It wasn't signed and, and dated properly by you when it was submitted. Uh, I mean, I've, I've resubmitted the form three different times now. It's, it, it was signed back in January of 20, uh, 2021, uh, or January of 2022. Uh, every time I contact them, there's just a different reason why they're not gonna give me my retirement, why I'm not eligible for retirement. Uh, you know, I've asked the question, I mean, I did 21 years and eight months. I have an ID card that says retired. I have two DD-214s that say honorable discharge from active duty. How can you tell me I'm not eligible for retirement? And, and it's just, every time, it's just a different excuse, a, a different reason why they're not gonna pay me. And, and like I said, the, the latest now is that 
I was never on active duty. I was in the reserves. And since I was in the reserves, I'm not eligible until I'm 65. It's just. That's insane. Hate, hate to say the words I want to say on your show, but it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. We can always blank it out or just leave it there, whatever. Because <laughs> it's real, it's raw. And it's, this is, I mean, it, it is. I mean, that is. I mean, I, I, you know, so I talk up. to family members. I talk to, you know, really close family friends. And, and they're like, how, how, do you, how are you dealing with this? How are you, how are you surviving, really? And, I mean, what can I do other than laugh? Like, getting angry, what is it going to get me? Like, it doesn't get me any closer to a paycheck. It doesn't get me any closer to my benefits. So I just try to take it, you know, one day at a time. And that's, that's it. Yeah, so you've clearly you've sacrificed your entire life, and and your what you were promised was a paycheck for retirement and healthcare to take care of you and your family, and they're they're falling short of that social contract, an actual contract that you signed, and they signed. And and just to make yeah, it clear, and, and... sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and and like I, like we discussed earlier, I said you know I, I volunteered to resign my commission and, and re-enlist. Well, I I never signed anything. Like, I told them that was my intent, and I just got called to the ship on April first, which I thought was you know, kind of funny being April Fool's Day. Yeah. And uh, I got called to the ship. I walked onto the ship as a warrant officer. Uh, I was asked, please walk off the ship as a warrant officer, but once you leave the ship, uh, you need to change your uniform because uh, the paperwork says you're a senior chief now. And uh, I never signed anything to resign my commission. I never signed anything to re-enlist in the Navy. And then on uh, like May 3rd, I received an email with a set of orders that said you were retired on May 1st. Wow. I, I, that's, that's how it went down. And you didn't sign anything. So you didn't do anything. You, they, it was forced at that point because you didn't even volunteer to have, because if you signed it, at least they could make the claim that you voluntarily did it when you didn't sign anything. Right. I, I did verbally tell the command that that's the path I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I did tell them I wanted it to happen, you know, as soon as it could because I was done. And like I said, I, I went home on like December 23rd and they put me on uh, terminal leave, house hunting, job hunting. And then I just got a phone call that said I needed to come to the command to do my reenlistment ceremony. And I didn't sign anything. <laughs> and I was no longer a warrant officer. I was now a senior chief and then I was retired 30 days later. What a Christmas present those. Yeah. 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 April Fool's, I yeah. guess. Man, that is, that is awful. Uh, I, I mean, would at hope... least, you know, at least I put on senior chief on, you know, the Navy chief's birthday is April 1st. So I can say I put on senior chief for the second time mm-hmm. on the chief's birthday, which, you know, kind of cool. Yeah. I, I would hope that 
those turn of events would allow you to have some repercussions when we have a restoration act passed. Um, I hope we can have a restoration act passed because there's many men like you who have been just like careers destroyed. I was on a call yeah. yesterday and I can't give any details of what it was. Um, but they were, you know, DOD was claiming, Oh, well no one's been harmed by this yet. Well, that's a, that's a load of baloney. Yeah. Come talk to my fucking family. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to my family too. Yeah. You know, I've worked for almost yeah. a year now. People have been harmed. And there's other people yeah. who don't have the mental strength that, that you have, sir. And unfortunately, many of them are hurting themselves. That's harm. That's great harm. Like, you can't come back from that. There's no restoration for the yep. family that, you know, where a service member has harmed themselves because of the just overwhelming stress that's been placed upon them for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I'm sure... Uh... I've I, I probably lost a few years over this. Yeah. And so now that you've got the medical issues cleared up, which was a Herculean feat to get done because you had to get congressmen involved multiple times. You had to have congressional investigations. You had to, ha, you, yep. you had already mentioned you were meeting someone at the very top who had a lot of power to get things done and he still had difficulty now you're yes. having a similar issue with your pay. No, it's it's worse with the pay. Yeah, like I said, I I, I, I met that guy in the desert, and uh, he put me in contact with somebody to VA, and uh, I mean honestly, that guy told me several times he's like, I cannot believe this is happening. I said, Well, you have access to the computer system, so what do you see? And, uh, you know, he logged into my account, you know, a couple times and, uh, he's like, all the paperwork is here. We have everything we need to process your claim. I said, then, then what, why is it not being processed? And he said, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. He's like, all I can tell you is the code that's been assigned to, to your case is that we're waiting for additional information. He said, once that code gets assigned to your case, basically your case goes back to the cloud for like another 30 days while they're waiting for the information to come in. And then it's supposed to come back and hit somebody else's desk and they should look at it and process it. And he said, we've had everything we've needed for your case since, since March, Every, everything, everything they needed to do my claim since March and they didn't make a decision until August. Wow. He said he's never seen it before. He, he couldn't, he couldn't explain why, but he said, I've just, I've never seen anything like this before. And I, I, I tried to tell him, you know, Hey, you know, my belief is these guys can all see that I refuse this fucking vaccine. And because of that, you know, they're, they're refusing to process it. I said, I filed an IG complaint against the secretary of defense. You know, I mean, if the, if that guy sees my name, I'm sure in his position, he probably hit the pause button on everything that has my name attached to it, but he shouldn't have done what he did. I mean, it was against the law. That's all it and, is, is. And Thomas Massey on Capitol Hill, what in towards the end of July said that what the secretary of defense is doing is illegal and this is an ongoing yes. crime 
So it's not just yes. Say I'm saying this. It's not just Ryan saying this. These are senators and congressmen yeah. saying that this is an ongoing crime and what he's doing is illegal. Yeah, but I mean, when I reached out to you know, I'm originally from South Carolina. I reached out to uh, my congressman there, and and explained what was going on in the military and. You know that I thought it was against law, and I could prove that it was against law, and I got a letter back from Senator Graham who said, "Take the vaccine. It all goes away if you take the vaccine." And you know, I reached out to uh, Ron Johnson's uh, office, and uh, you know, I get it. I'm not, you know, one of his constituents. I'm, I'm not in his district, so I never heard back. Uh, I've reached out to Congressman Issa. Uh, who's the 50th district here in San Diego. And, uh, you know, I've heard back, but nothing's happened. I mean, yeah, they sent letters to the VA. They sent letters to, you know, the Department of the Navy. And it's, it's, it's all lip service that they're getting, so that's what I'm getting. I mean, I understand. You know, his office is just telling me, hey, here's what they said. I got it. Like, that's the same thing they've been telling me since the right. start of this thing, you know. I mean, back at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you know, it was only three of us at my command that went to work every day. Myself, the chief engineer, and, and the captain. Wow. It was, oh, you're a vital part as the ship's maintenance material officer. You're a vital part of this command. I went to work every day. Everybody else went on their duty days. Like, they went to work once every six days because they had to quarantine. They had to, you know, social distance. They had to stay away. Well, I was there every fucking day. Every day. And a year and a half into this thing, to tell the guy who was there every single day, oh, now you're a danger to the command, uh, and then force retire me and, and deny me everything? Like, come on. It's, uh, what are we doing here? This is ridiculous. Sorry. It just, it, it, no, it's... I don't, I don't, I don't want to get emotional on the show, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me and I hope this can reach far and wide. And I encourage every listener and viewer to, to share this, to, to actually take the time to watch it and then share it with some, at least one person that, you know, will watch it so that there is a public outcry. Cause you know, this is Ryan's story. This isn't just happening to Ryan. This is happening to many service members who have signed that dotted line, who have been promised a retirement, promised medical um, coverage. And now that medical coverage is even more valuable because it's there's been laws that have been changed probably likely before you started or they were changed after you, you signed the dotted line that, that you can actually get a fine if you don't have medical coverage. Yep. And, and they, they say it's... Anyhow, we won't get into that bill. Um, but yeah, so they, they changed, they changed the, games, the, the rules of the game, and they're screwing you, and it's upsetting. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about, you know, like what's, what's coming in the future. You know, now you have the post-9-11 GI Bill, but when, when I joined, you know, we had the Montgomery GI Bill. You know, I, I, I paid the $1,200 for my Montgomery GI Bill. Uh, I never used those benefits because... You know, I can't afford college for my kids, so I signed my benefits over to my kids. You know, next year when, when my daughter applies for college, you know, are they going to tell her that she's not eligible for that? 
You know, I mean, they took my medical away. They took my pay away. They've taken everything else away. Is that is that what I'm coming to? Like, you know, the the unknowns of, you know, what... I don't want to say I'm entitled to, but... Yeah, that you've damn earned. Damn it, I'm entitled to them. No, and you've earned them. They're, I mean, they're, it's it's your yeah. right. It's It's like, it is your pay. I mean, I did nine deployments, 22 years, 20 years wow. at sea. You know, I missed wow. a lot of birthdays, missed a lot of Christmases, lost, missed a lot of holidays. Uh, and now, you know, it, it, that's what I think about every day is, you know, I've, I've, I promised my girls that they have benefits, you know, like their college benefits. Next year, when they go to apply for those, are those going to be gone? You know? They've taken everything else. And all for something that wasn't studied long-term. We don't know what it does. There was concerns about safety. We now know it's not safe, and I believe it's a bioweapon developed by China to destroy the United States. So let's keep that in perspective. That's why they're punishing him, because he won't take this bioweapon. Yeah, sudden adult death syndrome. Like, who thought that would ever be a thing? Yeah, I mean... There is some rare conditions, super rare, like really, really, really rare, like Brigava syndrome, where, you know, an adult can drop dead because of their heart stopping. Super rare, not happening all over the world. Not happening to soccer players. High school kids. Yeah. High school kids, you know, having myocarditis, pericarditis. I mean, it, it just doesn't happen. And I actually had an interaction with a pediatric cardiologist and an army doctor. And he said, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a little inflammation in the heart. That is the biggest line of crap I've ever heard in my life. Anytime the heart has any inflammation, it's a big deal. Yeah, and as far as you know, any children you have, especially any listeners, don't feel pressured to give this to your kids because it may kill them. You know, yeah. if and if you need more evidence of that, go back and listen to the episode I did with Jim Thorpe, where he's a, a maternal fetal medicine physician. So he's a um, obstetrician that subspecializes in difficult pregnancies and the issues that he's been seeing, and how the shots they they collect in the ovaries, not just the ovaries of the mother, but if you're pregnant while you get this, then they collect in the ovaries of the daughter if it's a female which can even which may prevent her from having children when she grows up. We won't know. And so no children should ever get this, no adult should ever get this, no one should get this. This shouldn't even be allowed on the market to be given to people even if they demanded it because it's it's dangerous. You know, we don't sell heroin at the corner drugstore anymore. We used to. We used to have cigarettes that were, you know, um doctor recommended Camel because whatever. We don't do that anymore because we know it's dangerous, right? Remember the old article that said uh, most doctors smoke camel? Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's we don't do those anymore because we now we know they're dangerous. Okay, well, we now know this is dangerous. We've known it's dangerous for a very long time. In fact, the people that made it knew it was dangerous long before they ever made it. They knew that it caused cancer. They knew that it caused inflammation. They knew that it caused... Um, suppression of the immune system, it caused clotting issues, it caused all these problems, but yet they put it in there and they tricked us into, um, some of us into getting it. They told us it'll stay in the arm, although they put a chemical compound in there that was designed to take it into the brain, so they lied to us there, you know? 
I'm at a point in my life where I will never get nor allow any of my family members to get any vaccine at all whatsoever. And I'll use lethal force to defend them. Because they're what I've seen is this is dangerous and it calls into question everything that's ever been done with any vaccine. Because when you have people like Bill Gates saying, oh, if we do things right and we get public health right and we do vaccinations right, we can reduce the world population by 20%. I thought the idea of healthcare and immunizations was to prolong life and allow more life to grow, not reduce the population by 20%. So, sir, I applaud you for your your steel spine that even through all this adversity <laughs> that you're still refusing uh, well, to take you know, this. You, you make up your mind, you know, and another important part for me is, you know, uh, I try to let my kids know that, Hey, if you feel that strong about something, you know, don't be scared to, to risk it. I mean, stand up for what you believe in, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I hope they do the same thing. I mean, I thought I kind of chickened out by uh, resigning my commission and and, and retiring, uh, but yeah. it, to me, it, it, at the time, it was a safe way of guaranteeing a future for my family because uh, they had guaranteed me a retirement, and now I'm not getting that. So, yeah, please don't ever feel know, like I, that was I, a I still, chicken out. Please don't ever feel that way because you're you didn't. And, and well, you know, I mean, I, I, I could have stayed and went to a board of inquiry and fought, but you know, it's like who, who, who wins against the, against the government, you know I mean? Yeah. Especially right now. It's a wise thing to choose your battles. And I think that was a wise thing you did in the way you did it, where you retain the right to go to a board of inquiry in the future because, and I'm, I think it may have even Bill Mosley who introduced us. I can't remember. Um, yeah, it was Bill. His particular case is he went to a board of inquiry, and and if the listener viewer could go back and listen to the episode I did with Davis Yuntz, his lawyer, they said it was not. They said it was in the unlawful order to tell him to take the shot. Let that sink in. They these three officers who were in the military during the time of the anthrax, Dover's Rumsfeld, and they likely knew people who were harmed by the anthrax shot found and this is the problem with this, this is not a legal proceeding this is a administrative proceeding but they found that it was an unlawful order to tell someone to take this eua product now that should make the world stop and pause especially yeah. when we combine that with what senator ron johnson has recently put out in his whistleblower um, and his letter, and they have until September 1st, I believe it is, to get back to Senator Ron Johnson and say, to answer the question, why is this stuff appear not to be coming from the United States? Why is it labeled as comirnaty, and why do you keep saying labeled comirnaty and not just comirnaty? Because it's not the FDA-approved comirnaty. It's the stuff made in Europe. And I blew the lid off that with the help of Chad, who's been an amazing man, a man of God, and a warrior for truth just as you are, sir. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to say I was uh, one of the first people to receive a message from Bill when he walked out of his uh, BOI because uh, we, we've become pretty close after 
all of this nonsense. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a real American right there. I mean, that guy loves this country 100%. Just like I do. And this is a quick aside for any um, CIA agents out there, counterintelligence agents who are listening. I truly do love this country and I wanted to see it. I want to see it succeed. And I truly hold the two oaths that I took. I hold myself to those every day to do no harm and to defend the Constitution. Because I know CIA is watching because they sent me an email saying that I was the, the subject of a terror uh, of a threat working group. <laughs> right. Just a patriot. And yeah, there's nothing extreme about me. I'm a doctor. Doctors are not extreme people. Yeah. I love this country and I want something to be left for my children. And, and even more so just like you are doing, sir. I don't want them to have to fight this fight. There will be other fights, but it won't yeah. be this one because we're going to go to the courts and we're going to go through the legal system and the legal process because this is all a nonviolent issue, but this will not be a fight for them because if we allow this to, if we, if we give up and we roll over and we stop fighting, they won't be able to fight. They could call me right now and say, we need you back on this ship to fix something. And I would go right now. I would go back to the ship and fix whatever they need. If the Navy called me right now and said, we need you to come back, we need, you know, they gave me quite the education on shipboard repair. They could call me uh, right now and say, we need you to come back and we need your, your help with this. And I would go in a heartbeat because that ship is there to defend this country. I would go. If that ever happens, make sure you do it in a civilian Civilian clothes, not in a uniform. <laughs> yeah. 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 And everything I'm doing is for the same thing, too, because I love this country and I, I don't want to see it obliterated by a medical product that has no long term testing, which may actually be a bioweapon developed by our enemies. Yeah, could have been developed by our leaders, too. And, and if that sounds crazy that this could be a bioweapon, please go back and listen to episode, I believe it's 33, the bioweapon part one, where I show you all the documents and I explain it. Sir, is there anything you want to leave us with? I just... Five o'clock in the morning is early, man. No. I'm good. I, I just, I mean, I just want people to understand that, you know, there's some of us out here that I'd like to say I'm staying relatively quiet. I mean, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Uh, but I mean, I don't know how much we're supposed to take, you know, I mean, just getting beat down every day, different answer from the government, you know, it's, it's tough. It is. And, you know, the reason you don't hear a lot of these stories is because men like Ryan, you know, like, he's not going to ask for a handout. He's already told me, I'm not doing that. I'm not asking for a handout. And, no. and he's, he's not the kind of person to go shout his issue. 
that's not the type of people that join the military. Reserved quiet. Yeah, it's not your problem, it's mine. Right. But at some point it becomes a nation's problem, as I would say, is it you are at that point. This is a nation's problem. With we as taxpayers made an agreement with you and said, We're gonna give you this, you give us that. And you upheld your end of the bargain. And they even after changing the rules through the whole game, because they've done it, this isn't the only thing they've changed the rules of the game. It's it's happened your entire twenty one years, I'm sure. Because that's just the way the government yeah, I mean, works. I was, I, I was in for the anthrax thing too. You know, that was part of the reason that I when this one came out, I was like, oh, wait a minute here. Yeah. I, I've done this before. Like, yeah. Uh, Fool me you know, once. Unfortunately, the Navy uh, taught me to do some research and uh, make informed decisions. Good. And uh, I, did, I did the research, trust me, on this one. And uh, I said, there's no way in hell. Like, I, I can prove this is against the law. No. And when I questioned my leadership about it, they just, uh, look, it's an order. I said, yeah, but it's not a legal order. It's not a lawful order. No. Hey, you just following orders, uh, right? Yeah, just, we're just following orders. That's what I kept being told. And I said, well, you know, if a junior sailor comes to me with a question and I can't show him in black and white what makes it a lawful order, then I don't expect that junior sailor to follow it. So now I'm, you know, a little bit higher in rank. Uh, I mean, I've got an open door policy with the captain of the ship. Uh, why won't he give me those answers? Like... Captain, I got questions. Uh, this doesn't seem legit to me. It doesn't seem legal to me. And, you know, the answer was, uh, you know, if I question these orders, they're going to question whether I can lead this ship or not. And I understand that. From, from his situation, I understand that if he questions his leadership, they're going to question whether he is capable of operating a ship or not. I totally understand that. I have great respect for, for my captain, the last one that I had. Uh, but it doesn't answer the question. Like if a junior sailor comes to me, I have to prove to him it's a lawful order. If I ask the question, I expect you to prove to me it's a lawful order. And if you can't proof? prove it, yeah, I mean, if your answer is it's a lawful order, sh okay, well, it's not. So what's the next step? And luckily the next step for us was the NAV admin that gave me the opportunity to retire. So that's what you I know, did. What's interesting is you mentioned this and I've heard this as an argument is you were a plaintiff, a class action plaintiff in Dover's Rumsfeld. This has already been ruled upon. This is yep. case law. And so they're actually yep. breaking what the judge had said in that case in this particular instant yeah. and so am i and so as anybody who's been in since you know has signed any contract since like 2005 you were considered class action against the government and if they're doing this to you remember that there's there's a good chance that you could probably make the argument legally that they're breaking the previous order that was put into place because you they they went to court they found you were protected and you don't have to um take anything it's eua they specifically said that type of idea and so now they're they're coercing people to taking eua products which is morally wrong and actually legally illegal you know lawfully illegal yeah legally lawful whatever yeah 
Well, I, I joined you. in November of 2000. I remember that yeah. very well. I applaud your bravery, sir. And I will be praying for you and your family. And I'm sure many of our listeners will be praying for you as well. And hopefully sometime we can get you back on in the future and get an update. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I sure wish I could give you an update. Thank you. Thank you.